All right, I'm getting roasted by all sorts of different angles now. It's the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The, the first one is we have the promo rolling right now where it's you, Fiddy, trying to give your best impression of Margot Robbie. Apparently, Mac and Bone were talking about that this morning. I wonder why I had caught a stray on Twitter. Somebody added me and said that I don't like Wolf of Wall Street. I know we've talked about that. A decent amount where I it's not like I don't like it. It's just that I do think it's overrated. People see the naked girls and it's like, oh, this movie is a masterpiece when it's it's a fun watch. But it's like, oh, it's not it's not amazing. And then apparently I got roasted by Mac and Bone because Flounder also told him that I don't like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, after Matt got off the air, he, he kind of doubled down. He wanted to know why oh, you're no. not a fan of the flick. And I had to explain to him that you live in this Sesame Street world because you are our resident Big Bird. And so if it doesn't have family values, you're just against said program. Walker going to family video to Fam- get his movie <laughs> with no family. Was family video, did they not have the, uh, would they not have a Wolf of Wall Street? I don't even think they I, would carry that movie. I never even walked into a family video. Me neither. We but. had movie madness in good old Claremont, North Carolina, and you, not even a blockbuster where we would go as a kid. Like mm. I'd go to movie madness in order to rent some films do they rent uh x-rated films out there i th- i think they had everything I would think they do they want that money they know there's a market there i never did because anytime i went to movie madness i would go with my mom so it's not anything that i was interested even in at like i don't know seven years old was the last time i got uh, went into movie madness but family video i've seen them around just never walked into one I don't know if they would have anything like that. And it's not like I don't like the movie. It's a fun TV Yeah, I don't watch. even know how you could make an edited Wolf of Wall Street. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. A lot of bleeps. There's just no way. There, there's no <laughs> I way like when it. they do it, when they replace it with actual words. Oh, well, the the best one is Snakes on a Plane. The best yeah, edited I love version when of they all do, time. I like when they do that. Yeah, so, so I believe Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> I believe this is true, it used to be, used to say, I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes <laughs> on this monkey fighting plane. Wow. <laughs> that's what I like. That's what God, that's so I want to be extremely careful reciting those words, right. but I'm pretty sure that's what Samuel L. Jackson said in an edited version of snakes on a plane. But there are a lot of really good ones that just don't make any sense. So <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, I have no clue what you would be able to do. And it's not, it's just that people say, oh, it should have won an Oscar. It Le- should have. Leonardo DiCaprio should have won the Oscar for it. Leonardo was great. I just like that's an A plus movie. Walker. It's, I don't it's know fine. What. It's fine. The naked women. I mean, yeah, that's cool. But that movie was great. <laughs> yeah, but it told a great story. But that's that's the first thing you go to, which is cool. No, man. I'm saying I'm, that's what you said. In my opinion, it's just it told a great story, and then towards the end, it goes from this happy, fun film to being sad and sobering. But that's a great movie, man. He put on a tremendous acting job. It's just a great film. Um, somebody wrote in 704 number saying uh, Family Video did have a back room for Triple X videos. Whoa. That's facts. Okay. 704 number. I'm calling cap on that. Are you going to have Triple X and a Family Video? But wait, you walked into one before. Like I, I have it, but now that he said that, I just might have to. I don't think they exist. I'm going to walk in there. Yeah, they do. Family videos yeah. still exist to this they day. They're still all over the place. There's, yeah. one in, there, there's one in Monroe, I think. No, no there's one family, in Belmont. How is family video alive? I guess you go and buy DVDs Because there's still wholesome families that still want to see a wholesome said family you, flick. So you know what it is having not walked into one before. Yeah, I know what they are. Because I've seen, I think I saw like a segment about one on a show or something like that. 
I think they, we should make a show do, trip out of it. Yeah, that they do edited video. <laughs> well, we I need to do a broadcast. That back room, Fiddy. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, that's how we would you discover? Do they have X-rated yeah, videos? How would there you have not? that? If, to me, that would destroy it because the whole concept of family video is that they have edited films. I so you're talking to someone that has zero. Clue yeah, they have. Is, but they, yeah, enough. they have edited films. So somebody else wrote in. Yes, they had a discreet section for those types of videos. <laughs> And it was at Mooresville. So shout out Mooresville, the family what video there apparently the had a back room for I guess it. dad needs to, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Wolfpack James saying there's a family video in Mount Holly. I had no yeah, clue. Yeah, Mount Holly. Yeah, that's the one. I had no clue that they were still. <laughs> they were still <laughs> you're laughing at a text message, I no, imagine. No, I'm Fiddy. laughing at a thought in my head. <laughs> oh, I, what a scary thing you just did. What a weird it just, maniacal it's, it's laugh. Real, like, and I really want to say it, but like I don't know if I can say it. I'm a little nervous about it. I don't want to go to you because of that. <laughs> um, okay, so somebody else. Yes, they indeed do. Okay, so I also got corrected on the edited version of Snakes on a Plane. I'm also going to be really careful here. <laughs> somebody corrected me. Brian, I think Moose also said, it's monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> <laughs> How did they even come up I, with that? Why in the world? do you think yeah, that is a good substitute? One other factor that in Time Magazine okay. that makes family videos stand out is despite the company name, an undisclosed number of locations have backroom sections featuring adult rentals. Uh, Hornets Ron coming in with the text of the day. How do you think the family is created? Very good text. 5704-570-9610. Yeah, uh, people are telling on themselves. These are our listeners right now. All of them know about the family <laughs> video back room. Somebody else wrote in. There's one in Kannapolis, um, Salisbury. So while the wife and kids is out there looking for a good family <laughs> thing, you say, hey, son, go on out there for a little bit. Dad's going to go back in the back. I got to use the bathroom. Uh, 704 number also wrote in that the family <laughs> videos are all closed, including the ones in Gaston County, but apparently not. They're not all closed. I mean, We're, yeah. The, what, somebody said the, the one in Monroe is closed. Can you vouch for that, Monroe native, Fitty, that the one in Monroe is closed? I mean, it must have just happened within the last couple of years because I do remember it being down there in the historic part of historic Monroe where it used to be there. I think it was on Main Street or one of the secondary streets in downtown Monroe. Really sad day. Um, I know that you're immediately going to go there to see if it really is closed. But we have a lot of people confirming that, yes, the back section, the back room with the triple X vids, they exist at one family video. That's a bit much. <laughs> That's a bit much. Family video. All the, if you got to go get your fix in family video, man, it's something. I mean, I, I just don't know why. Like, I guess you just, are you desperate and you needed to go to the family video? Do right. you feel any type of weird at all going to that <laughs> spot? Not to say that, I mean, there are plenty of other places to get the vids, right? Family video would feel a little weird. That's what I'm saying. And the fact that you're paying for it in 2022. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> I just, that, that, that's the biggest problem that the internet well, that's exists. that's my question. How are they still open? This I thought this was some type of blockbuster type of deal where they're all bankrupt well, and they're all gone. They, well, they kind of, they do some good stuff because I see they have promotions with pizza because they're always beside a pizza place. So I think that when families come to get that, and I think that, you know, there's families, like I said, when you have kids and you're trying to get an edited movie that you want to watch, per se, <laughs> then you go to family video. I they, think they, that, they are very niche. Um, Yeah, that explains another number that wrote in that Marco's Pizza was propping them up. Yeah. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't, Marco's, they're with it.
Yo, they're yeah. cool with the family video. They're in the cool. back room. After you finish in the back room, come get a peek. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, Mooresville, Canapolis. Get you a slice of Marcos All right. right after come you get, get finished in the back room, yeah. man. That should be their slogan. Good old Marcos <laughs> slogan. 704-570-9610. The text line is absolutely chaotic right now, and I appreciate everybody for confirming and also telling on themselves about the family video back room. Mm-hmm. Let's try to go to some of these leftover takes, man. I I, <laughs> I want to try to get away from the text line too, but they're all roasting me for saying that I'm eating leftovers at this point after Thanksgiving. Is it is it that bad? Like I mean, that, that is a little rough, man, because either one, you don't have the requisite groceries to move on from Thanksgiving, or you know, I like I say, so you just yeah, you just. Hey, I'm not eating. Eat their own. Uh, I'm not eating the casseroles or anything like that. I uh-huh. feel like there are certain foods that you can eat a little bit more. So you know, I'm not going to eat any of the casseroles anymore. That's all done. But I feel like mashed potatoes. Like you can heat up the mashed potatoes and they're still going to be just fine. Yeah. Anyways, we can talk about <laughs> some of these leftover takes. And the leftover take I wanted to do was I wanted to bring some of these thoughts that we had at the beginning of the season and see if we needed to throw them out. Or if they needed to be zapped, do you need to put some of these takes into the microwave and they'll still be good? They just need a little reheat. Mm -hmm. So the first one I'll throw, the first take dish, Matt Rule put together a good coaching staff heading into the season. Now, this was one of the selling points that Matt Rule had not had NFL coaching experience before when he first stepped into the Carolina Panthers organization. Then he switched all of that up, bringing in Ben McAdoo, bringing in Chris Tabor, bringing in their offensive line coach, James Campen. Do we still feel like that? Do we still feel like we can reheat this and it's still good? Or do we need to throw that take out? Wes, what say you? Uh, We need to throw that take out. The record indicates (laughs) as much, even though it may give us Coach Wilkes as a head coach, perhaps. But for the most part, this football team, 4-8, and eight, no, you did not hire a great coach. Do you feel like the record is a good indicator, Fitty, about this dish spoiling, or do you feel like we can reheat it in the microwave? No, I, I feel like it can be reheated because I think when you get adequate quarterback play, you've seen what Ben McAdoo can do as an offensive coordinator and a play caller. So I say yes. If he hadn't have put together a good coaching staff, would Steve Wilkes have won the games he's won? I I, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna say put it back in the fridge. I think it's just fine. I don't think Ben McAdoo has been amazing, but I think once you've had at least average quarterback play, the offense has been okay. And I think the running, the sticking to the running, right? The fact that it's happening a little bit more so with Steve Wilkes, he deserves a lot of credit. But special teams, even with them not deciding on who the punt returner should be, that's still a problem. I think that this is salvageable. I don't think you need to throw it out. Hornets should tank this season or at least trade Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward if possible. Does that take need to be thrown away or do we need to go ahead and reheat that? No, we definitely reheat that. Put it in the (laughs) oven, let it bake, and get it as close to the original form that was in as you can because the way things are going with this season, I think at some point you're going to have to look at all of these options, especially trying to trade Rozier and Haywood, which looks to be a difficult task with him having the injury history that he has. But, yeah, we're heading down that highway full speed 
over the speed limit. This is this is like hours old. This is yeah. this is lunch leftovers. This is not like yeah. a week leftover. <laughs> like this is just fine. This is real salvageable. I totally agree. You just need to put that thing right back on the fridge. It'll be just fine tomorrow. Fiddy, I imagine you agree that it's totally and okay. Or do you say you want to avoid trading a Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier? No, no. I, I definitely think you you should explore that because they're not they're not they're not starters on teams that are going to be competitive to advance in the Eastern Conference moving forward. Even if you were were to build this thing the right way, so absolutely, I am with you guys. Okay. Um. Yeah, that was a weird inflection, but I'm with it. All right, the ACC. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> the ACC is the conference with the best QBs in college football. That was a conversation we were having with Brennan Armstrong coming in after a real strong season. We had Tyler Van Dyke down in Miami. We didn't expect Drake May to pop off like he did, but here he is where we were discussing a large part of the year where he could possibly go to New York City. DJU had a resurgence, but then fell off a little mm-hmm. bit. Do we need to throw this thing out for once and for once and for all, or is this okay to put back in? The no, trade? not at all. You can definitely heat that one up as well okay. in its original form because if you look across the conference, well, how many quarterbacks do you have in the Big Ten? I mean, J.J. McCarthy finally played well, but for the most part, the Big Ten was C.J. Stroud and mm, let me know the other <laughs> big-time quarterbacks they have. SEC, you want to go to that big, bad SEC always talking trash? Well, how many great quarterbacks are in that league? Okay, you got Hendon Hooker. Uh, I give my man credit at Georgia. Um, His name is Stetson Bennett. Yeah, Stetson Bennett. I give him his credit right now. Levis, you want to throw him in the group because he's considered a first-round talent. SEC is the one to argue about. Yeah, Jaden Daniels is decent. And then Bryce Young is great. Other than that, Jackson Dart, he's okay. Uh, Mississippi State. Anthony Richardson, maybe if you wanted to put Spencer Rattler the way he did the last two games, the way he performed. No, I get it. I'm just just throwing it in. But no, no, I would go with, you know, the AC, when you look at Drake May, the dominance that he's had, Sam Hartman, you know, having the historic credit. He had Jordan Travis's come on as of late. Yeah. Uh, Riley Leonard has been uh, big time this year all season long. So, yeah, I mean, Malik Cunningham has battled injuries. You know, and Tyler Van Dyke as well this year's battle injuries and some bad play, but I thought he was getting things together before he went. The injuries really started to hit him. So I go overall quarterback depth. I would go ACC because Garrett Schrader is another guy that was having a big time year before injuries derailed his season as well. All right, Wes decided to reheat that up. Are you eating from that dish or are you going to throw your plate out? I'm throwing that out. This is where me locking myself in the house from the college football season allows me to have. Some more expansive takes. The Pac-12 has the best quarterback okay. play in college football. <laughs> Wait, yeah, calling out Wes? No, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying because, I you know, I, I, I locked myself in my house, and you've got the Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams. you got the nation's passing leader in Michael Penix Jr. you got Cam Ward at Washington State, DTR at UCLA, the Pac-12 Bo Nix at Oregon. You look at the Pac-12. The Pac-12 might be the second-best conference in all of college football this year in terms of its – it's depth and it's star power, and a big reason why is that quarterback play. So I would throw that out. I thought entering the season it wasn't a question. Now, after today, I would take the Pac-12's quarterback play with the ACC's. All right, last one. Carolina Panthers, their weapons, they were considered to have a lot of depth here. So do you think that the Carolina weapons 
they're still a strong suit for this team or do we need to throw that take out because it's spoiled it's bad we're way far from that point of uh, conversation at the beginning of the season yeah I think we need to throw that one out I mean when you really look at this offense Deontay Foreman nobody saw this coming you traded away Christian McCaffrey who was your best weapon outside of that there's no tight ends to speak of you have DJ Mortis your best weapon and then uh, Terrence Marshall still very much a work in progress yeah, Terrace Marshall not having as great of a game, but also not a lot of people did, unless you're DJ Moore, because they only threw it 19 times. Do you feel like we can throw that take out, Fiddy, or are you still eating from that and reheating it? Can you hit me with the take again because I was arguing with someone on the text line? Oh, yeah, that's fine. No, feel free. Stand up for Weston Walker, man. We appreciate you being <laughs> a fighter for us. Carolina, the Panthers' weapons are still a strong suit for this team. We had that conversation, especially after they traded for LaVisca Chenault. We thought maybe there was a Robbie Anderson emergence. Do you feel like that still is a strong suit with Terrace playing better, or do you think we need to throw the takeaway? No, I, I still feel like it's a strong suit because I think they've seen when they've gotten adequate quarterback play, the type of playmakers they can be DJ Moore can be a receiver down the field. Chenault's a guy that you can get the ball out onto the edge and he can take it to the house. And Terrace Marshall is emerging as a, at least a number two receiver in the NFL. So I would reheat that and, and, and eat it again. All right. So I'm still, I am because apparently I wait way too long before I throw my leftovers away. That's what everybody has told me. <laughs> and I didn't realize that was a problem for me. We have a couple more segments to go. Matt rule lands a job with Nebraska. How do you think he'll do? And do you want him to succeed in Lincoln? Well, to get to that on the Wesson Walker show, sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Fresh off the leftover takes, it's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, following us on Twitter too, at Wesson Walker. If you do so, we'll try to figure out a way that you can get a membership to family video. Just follow again. Backroom exclusive. Wesson Walker. Yeah, Wes, W-E-S-A-N-D, Walker, not the and sign. Got to make sure they know, man. I'm telling you, people out there... What, what are they? They need West? to know. What I'm not going. I'm not going to stop the listeners, but I'm just asking. you got to break it down for folks, man. Yeah, yeah there you go. Let so. them know. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us. We're gonna come up with some dope things to do if we reach certain milestones. Our first one. We want to get to 500 and then 1,000, but we're going to come up with some dope Just stuff come up with do. something cooler than what Doug does because for the YouTube following that we have on Lockdown Hornets, it's yeah. grown a lot. It's grown a lot, yeah. and I'm really appreciative of that. But I've had to embarrass myself along the way where Doug, without consulting me first he would say hey if you are the if we reach 500 youtube subscribers or 1500 youtube subscribers then we'll dress up as bees and sure enough i had to wear a bee costume oh is there is there yeah, we need, fans can send us, yeah fans can send us ideas of what we should do for each milestone yeah so i had to dress up as a bee and doug also dressed up as a bee now here's the problem Doug is absolutely amazing at that stuff. Just a real theater guy. No shame in the game. Sing if you want him to. That's Doug Branson. Me can't quite pull off the B costume mm-hmm. like Doug B. Branson can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what we're going to be doing right now. Trying to promote the Twitter handle by wearing crazy costumes. What did you have in mind? Big Bird. 
Something like that or some type of <laughs> some type of giveaway, you know what I'm saying? We can we can brainstorm on that. You know, maybe me and a Michael Ma- Michael Myers mask doing show, Well, and this is if if we ever get video, <laughs> if that ever happens, then that would be the Dan Lebetard role, right? Where they would just wear crazy costumes while doing the show and yeah. their goal was to have a serious take while wearing a ridiculous costume. So I think one time like Dan was wearing an Elmo costume. And he was talking about concussions in the NFL. And so ESPN would steal their content. Yeah. And he'd put it on ESPN.com and say, hey, Dan Levitard has this opinion about concussions and he's wearing an Elmo costume. Mm. So maybe that's what we do. And then we just have that circulate on Twitter, which yeah. you can find our handle, yeah. Wes, A-N-D. Walker, that's right. Because that's we're trying A-N-D to make that Walker. thing grow. Yeah, man. And then we need to go do some, you know, get on our dude perfect. Maybe go kick some field goals. Three-point contest. Dude, perfect. Stuff like that. Did you watch those videos? I did not watch. I'm familiar with them, though, and I know they make crazy money. Well, they got a new show now. Fitty, was that your era more so? I feel like I never watched Dude Perfect videos, but they do all these crazy sports. I mean, I've seen them. I know what they are. Because you give off Dude Perfect uh, vibes, bro. Is it real broy? I, I don't know. Bro-y. It's you, just called Dude Perfect. You just heard Dude, and you wanted to put me into that. And, and you give off like skater bro vibes, so I could just see you like watching these people do do. So, were those the guys that did? Um, were those the guys that did like all the, all the ridiculous tasks or whatever? They, remember, remember, so they would play basketball with a football. They would see how long you know they would play disc golf on a real golf course they you know they do kind of crazy stuff like that so i don't know if we could get our dude perfect on but apparently i'd fit the bill as much as anybody Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. feel free to share your thoughts the next topic we have is matt rule landing a job with nebraska so it didn't take long right after the car wash that he did media wise he goes on good morning football he goes on cbs he's talking about his time at carolina sure enough I mean, man, was it just a week later that Nebraska was rumoredly interested in him? And then they would throw all of the money towards Matt Rule. Matt Rule is your new coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers football team. Here's what he had to say on why Nebraska was the right job for him. The University of Nebraska that once brought tears to my eyes when I was 11, once brought tears to my eyes when I was in college, it brought tears to my wife's eyes. Because she's been telling me throughout this whole process, you know, since the very first day that I got a phone call about a job and a university and different people have been coming at us, she has said, this place, these people, this is the right fit for us. This is the right fit for our family. Right. Yeah. Right. I think we kind of heard that when he came to Charlotte, too, right? Insert any school there. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't his wife also convince him to draft Chuba Hubbard? How did that work out for him? Yeah, it didn't work out well. Right. I mean, I guess he's still playing, but he's not even the starting running back after Christian McCaffrey. It's all Deontay Foreman. So great point by you. Yeah, like this is is what Matt Rule is going to do. Despite all of that, there's reason to be skeptical with the way that he is speaking about Nebraska in the introductory I mean, the press conference. In my eyes was, yeah. God. Probably didn't need to lay it on Man. that thick. I do think it's a perfect fit for Matt Rule, though. I do think this is the job. It is not your tier one program like Ohio State, Alabama, any of those programs. It's a tier below, but has a rich history. I mean, Nebraska has been very good before. It is a program I feel like that's very much so in the Tennessee category where you want them to be good because it does bring you the football nostalgia Nebraska had once upon a time. Matt Rule's a good coach, in college at least. We saw Matt Rule turn around a Temple program. We saw what he did at Baylor, did an excellent job. 
And I think he has the capability of doing that at Nebraska. Do you think he'll be good for Nebraska? Do you think this is the right fit? I don't or do think, you think he'll flame out? I don't think he's going to be any better than Bo Pelini was. And they didn't appreciate Bo oh, no. Pelini. I mean, the man went 10-4, and 10-4, 9-4, 10-4. And then, you know, before they got rid of him his last season, he went 9-4. and four. It's like, what does Nebraska want? First of all, this is not 1992. Oh, I'm about to – what we call it that segment we were talking about going to Are we the turning foul back line. The time machine is that yeah, we're, we're going doing? to the oh, foul yeah. line. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I don't understand what Nebraska fans want. I mean, kids are not interested in coming to play football in Lincoln, Nebraska anymore. Okay, like you know, maybe early 2000s, Bo Pelini did a great job of getting kids to want to come there, but this just isn't a destination program for a lot of kids anymore. Matt Rule's going to have a lot of work to do uh, to get the caliber recruits. Now, like they said. They do support that program. And in this NIL era, if they can get them dollars up, that Skrilla, then maybe they can get some recruits there that can turn this program around. But as far as kids just waking up and saying, ooh, I want to go to Nebraska for the next four years of my life, those days are are done. Yeah, Jeff wrote in on the text line, same speech, just insert different words, LOL. <laughs> 704 number wrote in, listening to him versus listening to Coach Wilkes this morning with Mac and Bone. It's night and damn day. Wilkes is an actual head coach. That was one thing at the podium that was evident right away. Wilkes is going to sound just a lot more like a head coach than Matt Rule is. And it's fine. I mean, Matt Rule, if players really like him... I. Matt Rule talked about this on Good Morning Football, that he was proud he never did lose the locker room. I don't think he did. I think players really did want to play for Matt Rule. They also want to play for Steve Wilkes, and you're seeing better results for Steve Wilkes than you were for Matt Rule. College, NFL, it's just entirely different. Matt Rule was a guy that wanted his fingerprints on everything, even to the point where there were reports about him controlling the social media team with the Carolina Panthers. He's going to have that ability with Nebraska that throws a top 10 contract his way. We've seen success in college. We certainly did not in the NFL. I do think it's a worthwhile hire for Nebraska. I do think that it does make sense for Matt Rule to take this, especially with the money. Of course, you're going to roll your eyes. Well, duh. But I do think that football-wise, it probably fits. What did you make of Nebraska's decision, Fitty? And what do you think about the fit between these two parties? I thought it was a perfect marriage. He's he's a guy that has Big Ten written all over him. Um, I don't know how the smock's going to go over in Lincoln, Nebraska when it gets November or December there. But it, it, it feels like the perfect fit. I thought that was a better fit for him than Wisconsin. And so I'm glad to see him go there. And, I, you know, Willie P made fun of me a lot for this. In my lifetime, Nebraska football has been irrelevant. I've read stories about Nebraska football being the premier program in college football. I'm not, I'm not saying I want that, but in, but in an expanded playoff, do I want to see Nebraska playing meaningful games in November and December to have a chance to win a national championship again? Yes, because that fan base is as loyal as any fan base that exists in college sports. Because all they got out there is either Nebraska football or cornstalks. It's it's easy to see why they fill up Memorial Stadium. So I'm hopeful and praying that he does some big-time things there. His first hire, though, as Marcus Satterfield as, as his offensive coordinator – very questionable, to say the least. Well, and you're right to bring up Bo Pelini in one respect. It's the fact that they never did lose more than four games. They were destined, though, to lose four games <laughs> under Bo Pelini. It was actually pretty amazing. He took over Nebraska in 08. He actually got fired in 2014. Every single year, except 
for 2014, Nebraska lost four games. And the only reason that Bo Pelini didn't lose four games that year was because he was fired before the last loss that they had hmm. on the season. It's actually quite incredible. Now, Nebraska, their reasoning for firing him at the time was that he couldn't perform in the big games. Any meaningful contest that you had, Nebraska wasn't winning any of those. Now, I have not gone through all of the research and picked out each of those contests that Bo Pelini coached in, but I kind of liken it to Jim Harbaugh a little bit with Michigan, right? Michigan was a football program that had not been good for a little while. Ever since Lloyd Carr left, they tried the whole Rich Rodriguez thing. I think they win, was it an Orange Bowl they won under Rich Rodriguez? I forget what bowl they got to. I think Brady Hoke as well. Mm -hmm. But they didn't have consistent excellence under either of those guys at Michigan. And, and maybe Brady Hoke was the guy that got to a bowl game. But Jim Harbaugh comes in, wins a lot of games every single year. But all that mattered to them was beating Ohio State. Now, Nebraska doesn't have that Ohio State type of rival. Not many teams do in college football. You might argue no team does. But it's all about winning the big game. And that's why people were still wondering whether they should fire Jim Harbaugh. I wonder if that's why they got rid of Bo Pelini. And if Matt Rule, let's say he does go 9-4. and four. Let's say he does only have a few losses, maybe three on the season. Do you have some big-time victories in that regular season that allows them to keep you going forward. I wonder if just how much the the big game win, how, how much that matters for all coaches in college football, even at Nebraska too. Well, it's going to matter a lot because this is a proud program that's still living in the past. Uh, as I said, <laughs> they, they still, you know, live in the 90s when they were one of the preeminent programs in college football. And I just think that those days are done because I just don't think you can get enough kids to want to come there to play football anymore. I know if I was a recruit, I would have zero interest in Nebraska. You don't want to go to Lincoln? No, I don't want to go play there. Since <laughs> I've been there, I don't want to go to Nebraska for what? Like, you know, like back in the day they had, because when you look at the basis of their teams back then, you know, those linemen were all homegrown guys. And we know about the famous weight room where they would bring in a kid that was a tight end or wide receiver and make them a, into a lineman, and they would get great players. Now, I don't have great, um, as far as just thinking about some of their great, great players and where they came from. I know Mike Bennett and probably Mike Rucker. Would yeah, there you Sanders, go. There's some but, Panthers grades for you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But I just don't see... I think he has his work cut out for him as far as I think they can get to a level where they're winning eight, nine, ten games in a good year. But as far as them being college football playoff contenders, I just don't see them being able to get the talent and depth necessary to do so. Now, one of the things we heard from Matt Rule when he would speak at the podium for the Carolina Panthers and something we ran away with was the time that he talked about Jay-Z taking seven years to build an empire. And here's Matt Rule speaking about the timeline to win at Nebraska. In terms of timelines, you know, I learned at the last place, you know, <laughs> to be careful. I probably didn't want to give a timeline. I, I, I want to win tomorrow. <laughs> I want to win right away. If expectations sometimes run real, people get frustrated. I just know this. We're going to work our tail off starting, you know, starting today. We'll do it as fast as we can. You know what? Great answer. <laughs> Don't say anything about Jay-Z. Don't give us a timeline about in three to four years, we're going to have this thing humming. Don't say next year we're going to win X amount of games. Just say exactly what you did. It's it's boring. Nobody's giving you credit for oh, saying this rah-rah speech that's getting us all fired up, but it is the perfectly acceptable answer, and I'm glad he didn't say anything like he would. He even brought it up. Say, look, I learned at the last place, probably not great to talk about timelines because he talked about it a lot, especially when they were losing right out of the gate, especially in the second half of seasons. 
Perfect answer from Matt Rule in the introductory press conference. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You don't want to come out acting like, you know, with the Biff Pogey uh, approach oh, to it, even though I love that. Same. Yes, different. You're totally right it. to bring that up. Very different for Biff Pogey. Yeah, I love that. He came in the door beating his drum. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't believe him, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe him about the the – the college football playoffs, but I do believe that he, I think I feel good about him getting sure. them on the right track. But uh, as far as Matt Rule, like I said, I guess you learn from mistakes. Uh, and I guess, you know, he doesn't want to come in and, and over promise. I think he wants to under promise this time and over deliver. Last update on the Matt Rule situation. You might wonder what coaches are leaving the Carolina Panthers organization to go coach under Matt Rule. A couple of them left, and that's effective as of, I believe, yesterday when he was announced the head coach. You lost assistant DL coach Terrence Knighton and assistant strength coach Corey Campbell. They left. For Nebraska. Now, there could be other departures. I don't know if we had any besides those two at this point in time. Here is Steve Wilkes, Panthers head coach, talking about losing a couple of the guys on staff. Well, right now it was it was uh, one from the weight room, which I think we're fine in that particular area. Then assistant D-line coach uh, Terrence left. Right now, I have no idea of force bringing anybody in. I'm still contemplating and thinking about it. I think, you know, from a staff standpoint, we can manage it. But if I feel need to do that, I will. Yeah, interesting if you lose some of the NFL guys, but I wouldn't think so, you know, because that was part of the problem in the first place. Terrence Knighton still just kind of getting his feet wet. It's not too long ago that he was playing in the NFL. I believe he was on that Super Bowl team that beat Carolina for the Denver Broncos. So, you know, just getting your feet wet there. Don't know much about Corey Campbell, but none of these guys were the big ones that we've given a lot of credit to. James Campen, his work with the O-line. Chris Tabor spent a lot of time in the NFL and that sort of thing. All right, um, we will not go to a Fiddy Flash because Fiddy has some responsibility to take care of just real quickly. But how big of a problem do you expect? Any of the other coaching staff losses that you might have with Steve Wilkes? Because to me, I just really, I think right now, the only thing that would be a huge deal is if you lost a Ben McAdoo. It's not because he's great. It's just because you don't want to get a new offense and the entire team up to speed with a new offense. So I don't expect much loss with the Carolina Panthers going through some of these staff losses right now. No, I don't either. Um, I mean, how many rule guys, I guess I left on the staff. Yeah. I mean, it's not a lot, right? I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> yes, know Phil I think- Snow obviously let was let go by Steve Wilkes, but we expected him to leave for Matt rule anyway. So that's exactly what happened there. And I expect more of that to happen. Okay. Let's go to a break just real quickly. Before that, though, we need to get to the last Fitty Flash. What you got for us uh, before we go to the last segment, Fitty? Well, guys, do you want to provide a World Cup update for all you guys that are interested? As it was in their last match, it is still nil-nil. Oh, they just scored. No. They actually just Did scored. Did it just happen as you were? Man, we need to do more Fitty Flashes. I, I I was looking at ESPN, then I looked up at the monitor, and all the uh, Yankee American fans in the stadium are going crazy. <laughs> As Willie P would say, America now leads <laughs> one to nothing in, in a decisive match for them. They have to win oh, that was to advance out of group play into the knockout round. So right now the U.S. holding a 1-0 advantage over Iran. I also 
I uh, wanted to ask you guys, are e- either of y'all uh, UFC fans? No, don't no really I'm not. Ca- no, don't really care about UFC. Oh, uh, yeah, much. because, you know, it's bloody I, I like and gory. Big, big, and like, big, like big fights, like when Conor McGregor would fight a Ronda Rousey, I would watch those. Yeah, I, I've watched a couple of the big fights before, but yeah. it's not anything that I'm, you know, paying for. It's not anything yeah. that I have to watch. I don't know anything. who the fifth guy on the undercard is yeah. or the second of <laughs> Zero clue, but I've seen some of the big fights. Not a huge fan of UFC, though. They did officially remove Nate Diaz, a name you'll probably are familiar of yep. from its fighting lineup. And then uh, quarterback Aaron Chach Rogers plans to play after good news on scans. Of course, he left the Sunday night football defeat for the Packers uh, to uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles, but he's hoping to be back. The Packers season, it's running. The time is running out yeah. on them to figure things out as, as A-Rod tries to get back into the playoffs before he goes and does more experimental drugs. All right, let's go to the last <laughs> segment of Wesson Walker. We'll come back. We have a phone call, plus we'll get to this day in sports history. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. up Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ the Kyle Bailey show about to take over until 6 p.m. you know Smoke Ludwig also on the mic alongside Kyle Bailey you can text us your final thoughts 704-570-9610 via the Garage Door Guru text line we will once again to end the show go back to the Body Works Plus guest hotline somebody that's been working on his body non-stop since the first time he called in to also ask a question where he could potentially give you $200 it is the one and only Jim Selenia. Jim, how are you doing in the last couple of hours since last time we talked? I'm doing much better. Good. I've watched America score that goal. It was an amazing goal. He took, he flattened the goalie, and right after he kicked it in, it was beautiful. So they're still up one nothing. Now, how I burned my finger, I've gotten all kinds of responses. You know, uh, uh, like this one here: lighting a roach without a paper clip. Yeah, mm. a lot of weed references into guessing how you might have burned, uh, burned your finger. Yeah. Another guy says, did you touch Brian Burns? He's pretty hot lately. Mm, that's okay. a good one. Another guy says, finishing a joint, smoke it to the end. <laughs> anyway, that, 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 that's not true. I'm not going to say unfortunately, but it's not true. Here's how, it <laughs> Here's how it happened. I found this plastic uh, basketball from an NCAA memento, and there was something inside of it, and you screw it open. And there were three pieces of double bubble bubble gum in there, and they were rock hard. It's probably been there for four or five years, I, I swear. And anyway, I uh, took the bubble gum, put it in a microwave for 15 seconds, and they and I touched them, and they weren't even warm. So I, I hit it for another 30 seconds, and I said I, they started melting. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to try it now. It's got got to be chewable, you know. So I reached in and touched it, and it burned the hell out of my index finger, my right index finger, and I couldn't get it off, and it kept burning. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's how it happened. Jim. I burned my finger. I burned my finger putting bubble gum in a microwave oven. Hard to, hard to believe nobody got that. Yeah, you, you could have given $1,000 out, and nobody would have guessed that. My question to you is now I don't feel nearly as bad as people have been clowning me for eating leftovers almost a week after Thanksgiving. You are sitting here trying to salvage hard gum in the microwave. Jim, Is yeah. are things that bad for you right now? Well, you know, I like double bubble, and uh, that's all I had, and so I tried oh. it. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I got a pecan pie in my refrigerator. It's been there for two months. And I'm still eating off of it. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. 
Pray for Jim, I mean, everyone. I mean, the, the I'm still, gum. I'm still, yeah, I'm still walking and talking, so it didn't hurt me, you know. <laughs> Jim, you know, God bless you, man. I hope you're okay. I hope things get better to the point where you don't have to heat up double bubble from five, four months old. That is so hard. You have to put it in the microwave, but we appreciate you calling in. I'm surprised, right. not so surprised that nobody won the $200. That's the Jim Selaney. We all know Jim. Appreciate you, man. Okay, babe. Thanks. Did he call me babe? <laughs> did, did Jim just go, wife mode and call me babe hanging up the phone okay babe thanks and then hang it up what was that phone call from him <laughs> jim seladia man call it in to talk about double bubble putting it have you ever done anything like that before to try to salvage something no couldn't have been that desperate right fitty is there anything that you've ever done that resembles putting gum into the microwave not that i can think of off the top of my head babe <laughs> it's time for what's on tap What's on Tap is brought to you by Twin Peaks. You can join our e-club to stay up to date on all things Twin Peaks and score free stuff. Visit TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Peaks-Club. College football playoff rankings tonight at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Number one team you think they're going to come up with. I expect it to be Michigan after the win against Ohio State. Wes, you think it'll be Michigan or Georgia? Uh, number one, I think it's still going to be Georgia. Okay. What about you, Fiddy? I think it's going to be Georgia, but... If they put Michigan there after what they did to the Ohio State, I wouldn't be overly surprised. I wouldn't either. I mean, I wouldn't be upset about it. I feel like that's justified if that's what they want to do. You just think it might have taken something more to overtake Georgia at that number one spot than what Michigan yeah, did? Yeah, I mean, the I SEC reputation, the back-to-back undefeated seasons, that's going to be hard to overcome. And if anything, it's going to fire Georgia the hell up if they get passed. So I feel sorry for LSU if they uh, do end up doing that. All right. We do have a inside joke starting to take form on the Wes and Walker show. I believe we're going to have the ability to use that inside joke on this day in sports history with an 1890 and 1934 date. Uh, go <laughs> ahead with this day in sports history. Fiddy, what do you have for us starting in 1890? Yeah, on this day in 1890, the Naval Academy beat Army 24 to nothing. In the first matchup of this of this historic series, the Army Navy game does return on December 10th on CBS at 3:30. On this day in 1934, the Detroit Lions play their first traditional Thanksgiving Day home game, and like in Lions fashion, they lost to the Chicago Bears 19 to 16 in front of 26,000 fans. What also makes this game interesting is that was the first national broadcast of an of an NFL game. You think done I could have played CBS. in either one of those games? Um, I'm going to guess that you did not. <laughs> going to guess that. And uh, on this day in 2003, LeBron James, who at the time was 18 years old, became the youngest player in NBA history to score 30 more 30 points or more in a game with this 33-point effort in the Cavs 122-115 double overtime loss to Memphis. Kobe Bryant was 19 when he reached the 30-point plateau for the Lakers in 1997. And like in true LeBron form, whenever he yeah. did something historical, and he also That's lost right. in the same outing. I, I would have bet $200 that you were going to say something about the <laughs> double OT loss. The only way LeBron made it in this day in sports history was the fact that they eventually lost. I do remember where I was, though, watching LeBron's first game against the Sacramento Kings, where he has a transition opportunity. He stops. He gives it to, yes, Ricky Davis, also Hornet great, quote-unquote, for the slam and transition, playing with Biggs and Jarunas Ogalskis. 
do remember big uh, do remember where LeBron or I was when LeBron was playing Sacramento in that debut. Were you hyped for LeBron then and then grew? Oh your yeah, hatred? I was a big LeBron fan. I had a jersey, I had T shirts, I had all when that. When did it turn? Uh the year that the Lakers won the championship over the Magic, and everybody was hyping up LeBron and not giving Kobe what I felt like was the appropriate do at that time. Okay, so that was it. It was Dwight Howard mm. and and them reaching the NBA Finals, and Kobe Bryant ended up winning, but nobody was giving Kobe the love. It was just always hate for you, right, Fiddy? Like, no, I I thoroughly enjoyed him in Cleveland. It was the decision and the way, and I know he has said publicly if he could go back mm-hmm. and redo it, he would have left a different way. Um, it was just a coward move, and Damage he's proven done. to be a coward player. All right, final take. My <laughs> final take is, please, God, move on from the four-, five-month-old gum and do not try to reheat that. <laughs> That's my final take. That's also Jim. Make sure you're thinking about Jim Selania, who's going through, apparently, a really rough time. What's your final take, Wes? My final take is, Walker, take your ass to the grocery store, man. Stop eating those leftovers. Okay, thank you very much. Vinny, what is your <laughs> final take of Wes and Walker today? If any listener is willing to go to a family home video, store and check out the x-rated room hit me up in my dms i will go with you and i will pay for you htb underscore josh he'll just hold it over you for the rest of eternity like yeah. he did with my bossy beulah's chicken sandwich that'll do it for weston walker keep it right here for the kyle bailey show alongside smoke ludwig sports radio 92.7 wfnz